This is the Game Day on Rocky Top Podcast, episode 165. I am Joel Hollingsworth, and I am the dope who failed to hit record for the first 25 minutes of episode 165. As punishment, I will be running wind sprints around my office uh, this afternoon instead of eating pizza for lunch. Although, actually, I might just go ahead and eat the pizza and just feel bad about myself. That'll work, too. Uh, So anyway, here is most of my conversation with co-host Will Shelton last night as he and I were playing a sort of a a stock game. We were buying and selling SEC teams with hypothetical cash ahead of the opening bell in 2020. Uh, As you join, um, you'll hear Will talking about why he's not buying and not selling, but holding the Georgia Bulldogs. If you're watching on video, you will see me shaking my head. That's not actually disagreement with Will, although I did disagree with him later, which you'll see. Uh, That is actually discussed with myself because it was that moment that I realized I had uh, failed to record the first 25 minutes. So anyway, without further delay, here is most of episode 165 of the Game Day on Rocky Top podcast. Um, And then... Last year, that South Carolina loss, I mean, is just a huge that, – that was a Mark Richt sort of move with a, a great Georgia team. And I, to me, like, if you're a Georgia fan, don't you have to feel a little bit better about the SEC championship game now? Like, that's a generationally great LSU team. Like, that, I just feel like that one you, you don't have to put so much weight on to say – we got, you know, that's that's a team that's uh, that the likes of which we're not going to see again for a while. Um, so I think they're still in the hunt. Uh, we probably that the Georgia Magazine probably went to print too before the J.C. Daniels transferred to Georgia. Um, so you know, the 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 other kid uh, coming from the the uh, the territory at Wake, uh, you know, that's not gonna that that doesn't. You know, I'm preconditioned to not put a lot of confidence in him. Uh, But the JT Daniels, you know, my thought on him not coming to Tennessee was relief because I was worried he might complicate the situation. So, um, but I just, you you do run into trouble when you tell yourself, oh, you know, if this one player could make a difference in a time when you just saw it happen for LSU, now you're telling yourself that's going to happen for everybody. And and that may not be the case, but I, I just think, those guys are so talented, and I think they're going to give themselves a chance to be there against Alabama and give themselves a chance to be there against the Gators. I don't, I don't see uh, a big drop-off or anything like that. So I'm, I'm holding them as a team that is going to be preseason, you know, ranked between five and nine somewhere by everybody and is going to have a shot to, to be there at the end. Uh, and I don't think they've – they haven't earned the right to – expect national championships or anything like that. And, and they haven't earned the right. I mean, they've only made the playoffs once. So are they in the playoff conversation all year? Yes. To me, that's, that's hold. Let's, let's keep them right where they are. But again, uh, might be a very different experience if you're a Georgia fan and you don't get there again because of your offense. Okay. So <clears throat> um, we are recording this on zoom for the first time which I, I'm just taking a little time out here. Uh, 
one of the best things that happened out of this quarantine was I'd never heard of Zoom before. We had always recorded these things with Skype. And so now we can use Zoom and we don't have to use Skype. And, and you probably never noticed if you're a, a listener, but Skype would often kick us off and we'd have to start over and it was a major pain and I hated Skype. So cool Zoom, right? But <clears throat> here's the thing. It's a different workflow. And I think that we just recorded the first 30 minutes of the podcast without actually recording it. I'm not sh uh, certain of that just yet. So it says recording in the top left of my screen. All right. I, I think it just started recording because I was looking at it. It was like, why is that not going? So I clicked it again. Um, so what I'm going to do, instead of going back and having us repeat all this thing and having your wife think you're absolutely crazy <laughs> because mine can't hear me, uh, I'm just going to recap everything that we've done in the past 30 minutes. I'm going to try to do it in two minutes. Okay. So welcome to the Game Day on Rocky Top Podcast. This is episode 165. Uh, Will, looks like he's had a haircut. I look like Grizzly Adams. Um, he does a good job getting his kids to bed. Um, We've been putting out the magazine. You can get it at gamedayonrocketop.com. You can get it at hatguysports.com. We're talking stocks for the SEC teams. And what we've done is, uh, and we're going to ask you to do this on the blog too, um, what we've done is we've given each other uh, $100 for uh, each team and then an extra $600 to spend. Um, so the first thing that we did was we went through and we dumped what we didn't want. Will doesn't want Vanderbilt no matter what, ever, end of story. So he reclaimed $100 out of Vanderbilt. He was probably mad at me for giving it to him in the first place. Right. It's not, it's we're not all $100 are created equal. That's right. <laughs> all right. Then he also dumped uh, South Carolina and the uh, nutshell uh, uh, justification for that was just must champ bad year to be in year five schedule. Uh, I, you never like the guy that almost got fired last year. Uh, changes that were made don't seem to be changes that inspire me that things are going to be much different against that schedule. All right. And then he is holding uh, LSU. Um, because I'm, I'm dumping like $25 of LSU. Oh I, I, I don't want the full price, but I think, I think they've become, you know, undervalued uh, a bit here because everybody just assumes they're going to be eight and four or whatever. Okay. And I'm dumping all of LSU because I think that is as good as it gets for them. And if the object is to buy low, sell high, that's as high as it gets. And I'm, I'm taking all that hundred and running. Um, not that they won't be good, but that I want that uh, money. Um, and then we had a disagreement on Georgia. He's holding Georgia, which I think we actually got that uh, captured which is what you just heard. My rationale for selling Georgia was because they have too many um, new parts on offense. So that's where we're at. And if you had to listen to that twice, well, sorry. <laughs> but if not, uh, you'll probably appreciate the recap. So, all right. Um, so you have a list of holds too. I'm going to go through mine just real quick. Um, Holding Missouri, new staff, um, holding – I was going to hold Vanderbilt, but, again, I, you talked me into reclaiming the cash on them, plus the you, know, you were just so 
you know, they were so deplorable to you that I was just embarrassed to have them. Yeah, what the status quo, you want no part of the Vanderbilt status quo. There you go. All right. Um, and uh, I think we both decided to hold Auburn uh, just because they're kind of just who they are right now, probably not going up or down, right? Um, and then uh, we're holding um, all of the new coaches in the West. Well, I, I am – I'm holding Leach at Mississippi State. Uh, one, I don't think they were too terrible. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think they're going to be so much better in year one than year two than than year two of Moorhead last year. Now, I think the ceiling down the road is way higher with Leach, but in 2020, I don't think they're going to be so spectacularly better than they were uh, in 2019. So I'm I'm not selling Leach at all. I'm just holding. I think this year is going to be like last year for them. Yeah. Um, but I, we talk about it in a second. I'm, I'm buying, uh, I'm buying Arkansas and Ole Miss both. This year. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that in just a second, but, but talking about Leach in the, uh, the power rankings, I got in a mood one night. Cause when I write for 14 hours a day, um, I start, you know, you can, there's a big difference between what I write at 10 in the morning, what I write at 10 at night. Uh, so, uh, what I wrote, uh, for Mississippi state was that Mike Leach's pillaging and plundering has been postponed by the pandemic. So I think it's just going to take him a little while this year. It's good um, alliteration. Well, it just, it just came. So, um, all right. Actually, I think I misspoke too. I was going to hold, uh, Ole Miss, but, um, I am going to buy Ole Miss uh, too. But before we get into that, are there any other holds you wanted to talk about before we got into what we're buying? Similar to everything I just said about Georgia, I'm holding Bama. Uh, I, I think quarterback, who knows? Uh, we're going to find out, but it ain't going to be Tua. It ain't going to be the healthy version of Tua. Um, be Mac, isn't it? Yeah, but I, what, what are we getting from him? Uh, like, and is it good enough if, is, is the rest of that bunch still good enough that if we get a Jalen Hurts kind of thing, that they can still get there? Uh, is there any expectation, you know, again, no judgment. We haven't played in the Citrus Bowl in a long time, but those dudes played in the Citrus Bowl last year and they didn't win it the year before. They, they didn't win it for the, in the year before either so uh you know is is there a sense and and they shouldn't have won it the year before that uh so is there any part of this from an Alabama perspective where you say all right we made the playoff we won the league we made the playoff we got bounced by Ohio State or Clemson in a close game okay uh I that again similar to Georgia can they be in the conversation all year yes can Bama be in the conversation all year yeah they may lose to Georgia in the regular season. They may lose to the East champion in Atlanta. They may lose a close game in the, the playoff semifinal. I don't think at all they're a national ch- – when I say I'm holding them, I'm not holding them as a national champion favorite. I'm holding them as the team they've been for the last two years, which is had opportunities, um, didn't always make the most of those opportunities, and and with uncertainty at quarterback, who knows. So I am – uh, I, I'm not selling. There's still Bama, 
Um, but I'm, I'm going to hold Bama uh, and, and keep them right there. But I would imagine by process of eliminations, that means you, you are buying Alabama. I am buying Alabama. They, uh, they're going to be better this year than they were last year. I think they're going to make the playoff. LSU's not in the way. That's the only thing that kept them uh, from that uh, last year. I mean, you know, the Auburn game, it was another, you know, crazy kick. Um, they got Najee Harris back. I think Mac was fine. Um, those receivers, uh, you know, I know uh, Ruggs and what's his name? Shoot, the other guy. Um, both gone, but they got they still got Waddle and and his other guy. You know, they they just got talent all over everywhere, and they have continuity that Georgia doesn't have, uh, including at the the running back uh, position with Najee. Uh, so I think they get better because of all those reasons. I think they end up uh, winning the, the SEC, although Florida or whoever ends up, you know, Florida or Georgia, I think it's going to be Florida in the East, um, has a shot at them uh, this year. Um, but I think they end up getting back back into the playoff this year. That's why even though they're already they're a high, high-priced stock right now, but I think it's going up. I'm not buying a lot. I think of the money that I reclaimed for myself, I'm buying like another 40 bucks worth. And you said, I think they're going to be fine at quarterback. And in the past, fine at quarterback means playoff for those guys. So, I, yeah, I, I, um, I, I think they're in the mix. Um, I think I'm not sure that fine at quarterback beats Ohio State or Clemson. Um, and it may not be Georgia. Uh, or Florida, but I, I think they're, I, I would, I would hold them as, you know, one of, one of the, if you're putting Ohio State and Clemson at one or two and putting them above, which I think is what, I think that's what most people are doing in, in when I see preseason, whatever is you've got Clemson and Ohio State up here and then a breath and then Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, Penn State, what, you know, however you want to take that. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I'm holding Bama as, as in that second tier here again, like it's hard not to be colored by Tennessee's performance against them last year. And then watching LSU's offense against them, which again is a generational kind of offense uh, down there, but it's still Bama's defense. So um, I, I, I'm just, uh, let's, that's how I feel is I'm just, I'm just going to keep it there and see what happens. All right. Uh, any other holds before we get into the? I think the only other one we, the only other one I'm holding that you're buying is Kentucky. Um, okay. I like all the reasons you're buying it, except quarterback. I mean, what what? Bowden was such a huge thing for their whole their whole thing, and so they get all the pieces back. I think Stoops has done enough now to say, yeah, like we should expect these guys to to be seven and a half wins a year at this point in time. Um, should we expect this Kentucky team to be better than seven and a half wins with everything they got coming back and, but still trying to figure it out at, at what exactly you're going to get at quarterback. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not selling it, but I, I'm not, I don't want more of that right now until we see what they do offensively with, you know, without a huge, huge piece of that whole puzzle. I'm buying them. Uh, top 25 defense. I think Stoops may be one of the best coaches in the league. He's just really good with what he has to work with. Um, Agreed. And uh, they're, they had zero passing game last year. 
and they had the I think the league's worst passing. Don't quote me on this; it's in the magazine. But I think uh, they had the league's worst passing offense and the league's best running offense. Um, and now a lot of the running offense went out the door with with Bowden or Bowden Bowden, and uh, he's gone. Okay, but a significant portion of that run game was also with those three other guys, uh, Smoke and Rodriguez and the other guy whose name I can't remember. Um, but the three of those guys, they were fantastic. And then you add a real quarterback. Wilson's pretty good. He just got hurt, you know. Um, and I think they also – are they the ones that got Gatewood from Auburn too? Um, I don't remember, but – I don't know that. Uh, I think they have uh, other options at quarterback, too. So I think you just add a quarterback into that mix along with their 71% uh, returning production and their coaching continuity. They're getting better. Now, I don't think that they – the problem is Tennessee's right above them and Tennessee's getting better. So I think they both go like this. You're not going to really see it in the record, but I think both of them are going to get better. I don't think they catch Tennessee – uh, but they are getting better, I think. Yeah, is there room for a swap here of the place we traditionally associate South Carolina? Could Kentucky step into that? That you're not one of the three traditional powers, but we expect you to be feisty every time we play you, as long as Tennessee's not at the, the tippy top of their game. Um, and when things break right for you, which it did for South Carolina only once, but if everything breaks right and you're in a really up year, you could win the East. And Kentucky was, you know, they played Georgia with a chance to win it two years ago. So, yeah, I, I think I, I like Stoops a lot. I think that, unfortunately for Tennessee, like I don't know that that dude is going anywhere. Um, so I think they're going to be a problem for a while. And we, I, I've been working on this thing and, and uh, put a poll on Twitter, too, to say, like, what's, what's the biggest trap game for Tennessee this year? Um, and most people think it's Kentucky. Um, you can make an argument for Missouri the week after you play the Gators. South Carolina is the next week on the road, last game before a bye maybe. But Kentucky, and I know we do the schedule stuff in the back of the magazine too, Kentucky gets a bye before they come to Knoxville. And Tennessee's got Georgia the following week. And if Tennessee is still in the SEC East race going to Athens, which will be a brand new experience for all of us. We can talk about that later. Like that schedule change is huge for the way we – experience it as fans but that's a that's a nice little trap game you just have to buy into the idea that Kentucky's going to win in Knoxville and that hasn't happened since I was uh younger than my two-year-old is now so and a couple know, of years ago I would have said well be careful what you know we've seen a lot of firsts but you know I think we're past the point of seeing the negative firsts for a while please I think hope so, yeah, I, I would hope so too. Yeah, I think they're again. I'm I'm holding them as team that wins seven and a half games, goes to the Gator Bowl, and and I think with again when we say quarterback should be fine, passing game should be fine, that means one thing at Alabama, and it, it means one thing at Kentucky too. So is it is it fine to carry them past Missouri, South Carolina? It's a big game for both of those team seasons at Kentucky and South Carolina, but. Um, is it, is it fine to carry them past those teams, Mississippi State, that bunch? Yeah, probably. Uh, interesting with 
you know, Satterfield doing such a great job at Louisville that things seem to be that that ship seems to be righted. So now Kentucky's got to worry about that again as as a potential loss too. But yeah, I think they're I I think Kentucky is holding steady and and steadier than they've been in in at least you know since that late run in you know 07 08 when they were real when Randall Cobb was there and Andre Woodson and some of those guys uh, this this is as good as they've been since then and I don't think they're going anywhere uh, you know as long as Stoops is still there yeah all right so let, let's get to uh what we're buying um and let's start with what we're buying just a little of and work our way up to the ones we're buying the most of. Um, I've lost track of how much money I have because I changed my mind. Because you're so generous, right? Because I'm so generous, I, I'm hypothetically confused. Uh, so uh, I'm buying a little bit of um, Alabama for the reason we talked about a minute ago. Uh, a little bit of Kentucky for the reason we just talked about a second ago. Um, and a little bit of Ole Miss uh, because I just, I, I think it comes back to 2009, what we saw Lane Kiffin do before, you know, um, I don't, I, I'm really wary of giving any new staff um, too much expectations in the first year in this crazy year. Um, but for some reason, I like him. And I think part of it is because it's him. Uh, and part of it is because Ole Miss is returning a ton of production. Yes, agreed. That is the thing you have to remember with Kiffin is whether you love the bravado stuff or you hated it, that dude had Philip Fulmer recruits. So, like, problem solver Eric Berry was on that team. <laughs> like, they could just hand it off to Montario Hardesty, which they pretty much did the first half of the, the entire season. So uh, it's, it's not overly fair to, to, you know, put those same expectations on Kiffin at Ole Miss. But I, I think you're right. I do think you've got – that's a better year one than the average year one in Oxford. And I think that, um, you know, Kiffin made this point in, in the, the press conference. Like he took that job because he watched those guys beat Bama uh, twice with the Hugh Freeze players. And so, um, you know, I think he believes that's a place he can go and be and, and win there and recruit well. So yeah, if I'm, you know, is the question uh, what's relative success for Ole Miss in year one, I think Kiffin's going to get there. So I, I don't, I don't, I, I want a little bit of Ole Miss. I, I want like a hundred dollars of, of Ole Miss based on what I've dumped from, from other places, which is the same amount. Uh, I, I kind of put, I think it's four teams or three teams I kind of put in this tier of, you know, give me, give me twice as much of that. Um, and then two others we'll talk about that I want even more of. Okay. I'll also say about Ole Miss um, year one might be best for Ole Miss because I think it's really strange looking at their, uh, at their history that, you know, they went from Houston nut who has asterisks uh, actually <laughs> next to his name. Um, and, uh, then Hugh Freeze, who has some asterisks and, uh, you know, resigned under, uh, scandal. And then they, you know, said, Oh, you know, Matt Luke, you can, uh, you can calm things down. And then they just go and hire Kiffin, which, you know, 
I'm sure Giffen has probably matured. He's probably uh, learned some things, uh, but it's just kind of a funny narrative if you uh, want to go down that road. The pendulum swing. I mean, we've seen that at Tennessee. It's from the Bruce Pearl to well, Buzz Peterson to Bruce Pearl to Conzo Martin to Donnie Tyndall to Rick Barnes. Like that's what that's what happens uh, a lot of times. So yeah, I mean, there's there's. Uh, there's not a lot of slack in that chain there from Freeze to Luke to Kiffin. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. All right. So I got uh, three left that I'm going to buy. You you said you have two left? I have on, on the, um, on kind of the small level, uh, I want, I want some Arkansas. Um, oh, okay. Arkansas, again, if the question is what does relative success look like? such a bad football team the last two. I mean, you know, Chad Morris was two and 10 and then two and eight when he got fired and Bielema was four and eight his last year. I mean, these guys have been bad, bad in a way that even we don't know about uh, at Tennessee. So, uh, money went to somebody else. Right. And, and again, Arkansas isn't Vanderbilt. Like they, this is a program that is accustomed to, winning games, being in conversations, that sort of stuff. Um, so I think it's a great fit down there. Uh, huge upgrade defensively to, to get Barry Odom. Um, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not suggesting that these guys are going to be winning 10 games two years from now, but I, I want some of Pittman and those guys in year one. I just think the bar is so low and I know it's low for a reason because they haven't been very good and they may not have the right players to do some of the things they want to do. But I mean, I, I just, I really like what those guys have. Uh, they good coordinators who have, who have proven themselves in other places. It's like um, Riles on the offense, right? Right. And so regardless of what you think about the, the optics and all that stuff there is those guys are good football coaches. So I, to me, Arkansas is, is an easy, I'd put them on the same level as Ole Miss of like, if you gave me $100 of Arkansas, I'll take $200 of Arkansas this year just to be better because, man, how could it, how could it be worse for those guys? I, I'm not buying Arkansas just yet. Uh, they, they may be at the bottom already, and I think it's probably wise to actually get a little bit because they probably are getting better this year. Um, but I want to spend my money someplace else. Gotcha. All right, now, so I got the, three others. Yes, me too. And we have – it's the same three teams. Okay. But let, let me start because I'm going to start, I think, where you want to finish. Okay. I, I, want, I want Texas A&M, but I don't think I want nearly as much as you do. Okay. Uh, only because those dudes are in the SEC West. Like, to, to get where they want to go – and I know they were so close to being there last year, and I know Jimbo Fisher and all that stuff. But I, I feel for those guys almost in a way of, like – it feels they feel so much like Tennessee from in between 2015 and 2016, where you're like, oh, we were right there, we were right there, and right there in a way where nobody's really talking about us at the end of last year. You know, you're not finishing the season highly ranked right there. You you lose four close games, and now you know because of who the coach is, I think the expectation is this team can win a title. Um, what they're paying, that's what they're paying for down there anyway. Um, so I, I want some of them in terms of, can this team get back to 10 plus wins? Can that, is this a new year's six team 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think this is a team that at the end of the year, a and going to have their best year since that first Johnny football year. Um, I'm, I'm taking all that, but I'm not, I don't, I don't want much more than that because, you know, if you're, if I was an A&M fan, I'd be telling myself, Hey man, 10 and two is a good job, uh, down here. And if you start getting mad because you only went, you know, you, you lost to Bama by two and Auburn by three or whatever, you, you just drive yourself crazy that way. So like we talked about at the start of this, if it actually got recorded, uh, there's, there's a difference between objectively looking at something at the end of the year and saying, man, those guys did well, they did a good job and fans being pleased with the way that all went down. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take A&M on the same level that I want Arkansas and Ole Miss, but I don't want much more than that of Texas A&M just because of the schedule and, and, and I just, that's a big jump. That would be a huge jump for them. But you seem to think that that is a jump that they are, they are capable of making. Yes, I'm, I'm grateful to you because you're keeping my uh, costs down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the argument for uh, A&M, um, they only lost to top 14 teams. And they lost five games, but they were all top 14 teams. Um, they got more returning production than I think any other uh, team in the league, 72%. I think they're number one. They are number one. Yep. Uh, they're high in both offense and defense. They got uh, coordinator continuity. Um, and then their schedule, um, there's two free games on the schedule. Uh, two more games than last year. Last year they had to play, I'm going to forget what this is, uh, but I think Georgia from the east and um, Clemson out of schedule. And they trade Georgia for Vanderbilt. Right. Great trade. Yeah. And they trade Clemson for like Colorado or somebody. Yes, that's right. That's right. Okay. So two free games right there. That's two more games. And then it's just a matter of getting by LSU, who I've said already, I think is going to have problems. Um, and then Auburn. Okay. Could go either way. Um, Alabama, I think Alabama probably gets them, and I think Alabama probably wins. But I think there's a better there, – there's some serious upside in the possibility that they could actually get Alabama too and win the West. So I'm buying it a little speculation, um, but uh, I really, really like their chances this year. Yeah, if, if I was going to take somebody that wasn't Alabama to win the West, I would take them. Um, I would take them over LSU. I just I also think in some of that narrative about what they were last year, they also struggled with a very bad Arkansas team. Uh, they I think they beat Ole Miss by a touchdown. Like they they uh, the uh, Oklahoma State in the bowl game close win. Like they didn't have the blow them out gear that tends to lead to the, the winning the SEC West. Um, it makes me concerned about is, is this group of guys um, and, and Fisher, Fisher knows the blow them out gear from Jameis's first year at Florida state and Fisher knows the good grief. Let's make them all close from the second Jameis Winston year at Florida state. So, I mean, he's, he's not, 
that's a different situation because they were defending champs the second time. But, uh, you know, um, I don't know that I look to him as some guy that's going to automatically produce that where not only are they going 11 and one, they're just not a problem against Mississippi state or Ole Miss or whatever, but you do make a great point. I mean, if you're talking about just how to get from eight and five to, to 11 and one, Colorado and Vandy is is a nice uh, a nice two wins there uh, to pick up. So I'm buying them. I, I think anybody would be crazy not to buy them. I just don't want uh, – two other teams I want to spend more money on. All right. So that leaves uh, Florida and Tennessee, right? Right. So which one are you buying – let's start with, since it's down to the winner and the runner-up, which one are you buying more of? Sadly, it's, it's the Gators. After you couldn't stand, you couldn't bring yourself to even have any Vandy, you're going to buy Florida? Yeah, yeah. And and this is just a bad um, – there's a couple of things that just don't break in Tennessee's favor this year. Like if you're, if you're looking for something more than Tennessee goes eight and four and we say, all right, we, we need to see more next year. Um, one is the Sugar Bowl is in the playoff this year, so there's not an automatic SEC team that gets an extra bid to the college football uh, to the New Year's Six. So that kind of bumps everybody down a peg. So, like, Tennessee could go 9-3 and three and be in the Outback Bowl this year just because of how things break. That's just unlucky. That's just what it is. And the other thing I think is Tennessee has a chance to have a really good up year at the same time that the Gators have a chance to have a really good up year and their last two years were already pretty good. Um, so I, yeah, I'm taking, uh, I think when I wrote it down, I want $400 on the Gators. Um, part of that again, Joel made a face I haven't seen before. Uh, if you're just listening to this on audio, um, part of that is Georgia has to play Alabama and Florida doesn't Florida plays LSU which, as we've talked about, um, super talented, could easily win that game. But, I, you know, I'm, I just feel much more confident about that situation. Um, and I think that because Georgia and Alabama play early, there, if, if Bama wins that game, there's a possibility that all the things that you were worried about, Joel, for Georgia could start coming true much faster and you get some unrest. And Dan Mullen is just a really good coach. Just a really good coach. Like, I'm, I'm very happy with the job Jeremy Pruitt is doing. I'm very happy with the job that he's done in the last two weeks. I'm very happy with the job that he's done in recruiting during all this. So, like, you, you can believe both things at once. That I'm, I'm very satisfied with having Jeremy Pruitt as our head coach. But all these idiots that, you know, when you talk about we don't need Dan Mullen when all this was going on three years ago – Dan Mullen's a really good football coach, really good. Uh, and you, we often joked, like, you, we missed our chance to really jump on Florida when they had not really good football coaches. We missed our chance, really, when they had Ron Zook to not enjoy it more than we did. Uh, and we missed our chance when they had Muschamp, and we missed our chance when they had McIlwain. Now they got a really good football coach again. So, uh, yeah, win the East like two years in a row and then get fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's on us. I want to say like that's not Florida's fault. That's our fault for not firing him, getting him fired earlier. But um, I, I, Trask uh, is someone that when he went into that game against Kentucky uh, last year, I just remember thinking, man. 
here's our shot. This is this is going to be a good situation for Tennessee. And Trask just really played well. Uh, I just think he's 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 going to do a good job for them. They recruit well. Uh, they they just they're Florida. They're supposed to do those things. Um, so I. Um, that's not to say that I don't think Tennessee can get them in Knoxville, nor I think of those four big games, I think that's the one Tennessee's most likely to get. But overall, uh, I just think those guys are, are very much on the up and up. I wouldn't put them on the same tier as Ohio State and Clemson, and if they lined up against Alabama today, I'd probably still take Alabama, though I, I want to see Bama. But I, I have a level of trust with Mullen and Florida um, that is probably higher than any other – other than Alabama, I would trust the Gators more than any other team in this league uh, this year uh, because of all of that. So I think that what we actually our, – our sort of disagreement here is really just a different way of thinking about the game um, because I'm not betting on Tennessee to win the East. Um, however, I think they're going to make more improvement – than Florida. Um, I don't think they catch them. The gap is just too, too great, but mm -hmm. I think we close the gap and still don't, still don't get past. So really like Florida, all the reasons you just mentioned, I think that's why they, that and the fact that I think that Georgia's got some issues on offense is the reason I like Florida to, to win the East. Um, however, uh, I think that the chance for Tennessee to actually get into the mix up there and pull off a couple of upsets against its rivals in the East, more Georgia than Florida, is higher than it's been for a long time. And the, and the price is still pretty low. So, again, a little more specul speculative kind of uh, notion or, or rationale for, for buying uh, $300 worth of uh, Tennessee. Um, just because I think that there's, you know, I, I'm not going to be shocked this year if they win the East. I think I'll be surprised. I won't <laughs> be shocked. And uh, I'll be glad if they uh, win Georgia, and I think they should and will be underdogs, and I'll believe that they're underdogs until they win. But again, I'm not going to be too surprised if they beat Georgia. Um, so I don't know. This is being recorded. <laughs> now I'm a little nervous about saying that. But um, the reason I'm buying Tennessee is I think that they're definitely going to get better. And I think that there's a fair expectation that they could actually do something really amazing this year. Not a fair expectation, but a chance. So that's where I'm at on, on Tennessee. So I was, what it came down to me is I, I was going to buy um, like 400 bucks of uh, A&M, 300 of Tennessee, and then 30 and 40 of, of, Florida and Kentucky and Alabama and Ole Miss. Although yeah. I actually have an extra hundred dollars of Vanderbilt former stock to spend now too. I'm going to put that uh, half right. on Florida, half on uh, Tamu. Yeah, I mine. Well, I have four hundred dollars on the Gators, and I have two seventy five on Tennessee, which is this the next highest number. 
um, and only 25 less than what you have. And then I have, I have 200 on the Aggies, 200 on Arkansas, 200 on Ole Miss, um, and that long hold list. And then what is 75 of LSU, 50 of South Carolina and nothing for Vanderbilt. So I, I agree with, uh, how many years in a row do have we come to this portion of the off season and said, okay, Tennessee's going to be better this year. How much better? And it feels like other than that move from 16 to 17 going into the Butch Jones last year, when we didn't talk about that at all, we just talked about 2016, the entire off season um, and looked back other than that. I mean, you really, uh, even going all the way back to, to the second year of Derek Dooley, there was this sense of, all right, we're going to be better in 11. How much better? And everybody gets hurt. And we'll, we're definitely going to be better in 12, but are we going to be good enough to save his job? And then you get Butch's first year. All right, we're going to be better in 14. Well, we're going to be better in 15. We're going to be better in 16. How much better? And now Pruitt, better in 18. 18 was better than 17. 19 eventually was better than 18. And I think 20 is going to be better than 19, but how much better? Um, the, the conversation I've had, I've said this on the radio a bunch uh, already, is, again, when we, we think about winning the East, let's put that on the side, take it and put it over here for a second. Um, Tennessee still hasn't won 10 games in a season since 2007. Tennessee still, in counting the bowl game, Tennessee still hasn't lost fewer than four games in a season since 2004, which is old enough to drive now. That's 16 years. So if, if you take, if you're looking for like, what's the reasonable best case scenario, you get one of those games, Oklahoma, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, get one, get one and don't stub your toe against anybody else, which in the SEC, they did not do last year. Um, beat Missouri, beat South Carolina, beat Kentucky, win at Arkansas, beat Vanderbilt, all that stuff. And you get one big win to celebrate and you're nine and three. And you, you might still go to the Outback Bowl at nine and three this year. But, you know, let's say you beat Michigan in the Outback and you're 10 and three. Like, that's great to me. That's, that's great for this year, for this team, for this talent level and all that stuff where it's at. And it would be tangible progress. Um, it, it may not win the East, but I don't think it has to for Tennessee this year. Now, putting the East conversation back on the table, the great thing which we alluded to earlier is if you beat Florida, it doesn't matter if you lose to Oklahoma and it does not matter if you lose to Alabama. If you beat Florida and you take care of all your other business, you're going to go to Athens, Georgia with a chance to win the SEC East. And that, like, literally it gave me goosebumps. It, like, we just – our season has been over the first week of October every year, other than 2016, every year since 2007, because by then you've lost to Florida and you've lost to Georgia or you've lost to somebody else. But now it's such a gift moving that thing to moving that Georgia game to November because you give yourself hope and, and opportunity. So even if they don't win the East, if they go to Athens with a chance to win it. Man, I would love to talk about that the second week of November. Uh, wow. That would be great. So, yeah, I, I want some of Tennessee. Objectively, man, you like teams that are great on the offensive line. Tennessee's going to be great on the offensive line. They've got – Eric Gray has the potential to be dynamic behind that offensive line. And, you know, wow. with all this that's happened, I think Garantano is is clearly your, your going to be your option here at quarterback. But – 
you know, that dude, I'm still not sure he knows what it's like to drop back there and not fear for his life. So, um, that I'm hopeful can, can do some wonders in the passing game as well. Second year and Cheney's offense, which we've written about a lot. Um, and you've got a ton of, you got a ton of production back defensively. Got to figure out who's going to get to the quarterback on this team. Got to figure out who, who is playing middle linebacker next to Toho Toho. I have no idea who that's going to be. And there was no spring practice to get excited about JJ Peterson or whoever. So, um, we got, we got questions. Um, but, they, you know, I, this bunch has some potential. I'm, I'm buying it. I want it. Uh, I just it, it doesn't have to be so high up there uh, to, you know, for us to say it's got to be this or bust. Uh, or, or and I don't think you're saying that. I just no. I, I put that in as a caveat of like, hey, man, 10 and three would be a great year around here. And as I've written about the, the biggest thing, let me come to kick off every Saturday and believe we've got a real chance to win. I'll, I'll buy that. I'll take some of that. I was, that would be terrific if we don't have to talk about every week. Well, if Tennessee goes plus three in turnovers, then they're going to have a shot to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, for me on, on the, on the whole stock uh, mindset, it's not like I'm putting $300 down on Tennessee to win the East. Right. I'm putting 300 down. I'm buying Tennessee for $300 because I think the value is going to go up. And I'm excited about the fact that it might go up a lot. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then uh, I appreciate all the, uh, um, all the reins, you know, pulling in the reins and tapping the brakes and all that. The thing is you, you labor uh, under the curse of a good memory and uh, I don't (laughs) suffer from that affliction. So, uh, you know, every time I'm done writing the magazine, it's like, okay, here's the reason we're going to go all the way, baby. So. <laughs> no, that's, I, I still like that, that idiot optimist is, is alive and well uh, in me. And, and by, cause look, it's not hard, right? We're going back to practice before it's not practice. It's workouts, but we're going back before Oklahoma new quarterback situation out there. Um, some potential, like people should be be noting this, which is what I'm going to do right now. Uh, there's the potential we could just go out there. If our offensive line is as good as we think it is, let's go out there and run the ball 65 times and don't give those dudes the ball and let's, let's pound them and beat them 20 to 13. I'll shoot. Let's do that. Like that's simple. I'll take that. And Chaney, we wrote about it in the magazine last year and you put it on the website. Cheney had some games like that when he had those dudes in Georgia's backfield where he was like, yeah, we need to, we need to throw it about 12 times today. Yeah. Alex Collins, Let's go do it. Whatever that other dude's name was. I mean, just so like, yeah, Oklahoma can be done. Part of me talking about Florida being so good is I feel the need to repent for like a decade worth of saying, are we better than them? Like, are we more talented than them? So no, like, I don't think we're better than them. Uh, but I think we're good enough to, to be in the mix. Alabama good grief saw it last year, you know, uh, that, that Tennessee was, was right there and capable and you get the same scenario again of Tennessee's coming off a bye. That was uh, and, Tua for, you know, a large chunk of the first half. Right. Um, and, and a lot of weirdness in that game. And then Georgia, it, it's so tough to say, well, here's how it's going to be in the second week of November, but we got, we got time to see and figure that out. And if Georgia has some of the same struggles as, as you're talking about, then, Sure. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee can, Tennessee can get there. This is a year, if you beat the Gators, 
and it was just so huge to beat them because, again, they don't have to play Alabama. So if you beat those guys, Georgia's got a loss coming anyway with with Bama. And then, you know, it's a year if you can get the right side of the tiebreaker that six and two can still win this thing. Um, so you just got to get the right six and a right two. And for Tennessee, that one of those six is going to need to be Florida. So, um, you know, it's – it's uh, yes, uh, I, I like that this team can enable us to believe realistic things are, are, you know, realistic, exciting things are possible, and I think they can do that. Yeah. The only thing that sort of makes it unrealistic is the history, which is kind of funny. Not the only thing, but – the main thing that holds a lot of respect. That's what gets us the ridicule is like, Oh, here they go again. You know? Yeah. And again, that's just kind of been the nature of the, of the beast of we're going to be a little better. We're going to be a little, and that's been true. Um, we just haven't gotten that better to the, the best. We haven't gotten it to the place it really needs to go, but I don't feel like, um, and some of it was ignorance, you know, like in 2012, I had no idea how bad Sal Sinceri was going to be. It's like, how could you, you know, uh, and I think I, Cheney was good. Cheney was five yards ahead of him that year. Right, uh, for right. game. <laughs> and I think we were, I think our expectations were correct uh, in 15 and 16. Uh, like those opportunities were there. They just didn't do it. Um, last year was a bit weird <laughs> to be sure. Uh, and last year is the great teacher of like, you should just like, we should just spend this whole podcast talking about Charlotte. And how do we beat those guys? Because, I mean, that's really. How many times do you think we hear the word Georgia or the phrase Georgia State that first week? Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, Healy would have been the one. If, if things really fell apart for Pruitt, Healy would have been somebody that people were like, we should go get that guy. So uh, it's it, it would be really good to not lose to him <laughs> in, in week one of, uh, of 2020 in front of like, you know, 10 people or however many people were going to be in the stands that day. So. Uh, yeah, it's uh, that's that's a huge question for Pruitt and these guys. We did it now, now that we've beaten Mizzou and Carolina and all those guys as fans. We just go back to expecting it's going to happen every time now. Of course, we're going to beat Missouri. Of course, we're going to beat Vanderbilt and South Carolina and Kentucky and and Arkansas for that matter. Of course, this year, but they, you know, we should we should need to see them do it more than once, given what we've been through the last 10, 12 years before we just say, oh, yeah, they're going to take care of all this business. True. But it is hard in, in writing that trap game piece. I mean, are we really talking ourselves into Missouri winning in Knoxville? I don't think so. South Carolina the next week is also – that South Carolina and Tennessee, both teams have a bye the next week. So both of them will be tired and ragged and all that stuff. So that just brings you back to Kentucky. Are we really going to say that Kentucky is going to win in Knoxville for the first time since 1982 or four or whatever? I don't know, man. So if you can, if you can get there, then you can get to nine and three pretty, pretty easily. If we were doing the old win expectancy thingamajigger right now, if you just took the numbers for Oklahoma, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, I mean, to me, that number is above one, right? Like the, the percentage chance I'm giving Tennessee to win each of those games, that sum is above one. That means I expect these guys to win one of those games. Um, and I think that's, that's reasonable and realistic. Yeah. Uh, I want to say one thing before we get off on uh, this whole, this Drinkwitz guy, um, never heard of him before uh, until I started looking at him for the magazine. 
and I'm, I'm kind of afraid of this guy now. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, I think if I'm remembering him right, and again, I'm cursed with a bad memory. So trust me, I did it right in the magazine, but I just can't remember <laughs> it now. Anyway, I think he's from App State. He was there for like a year. Right. Saturday, yeah, I followed Satterfield. And he did really well in one year. And so, you know, what can he do in a first year uh, with Missouri? Now, I know they got some, uh, you know, some issues and stuff, but um, he may be the, I think I wrote somewhere that he, he might be the uh, best offensive coordinator. Nobody knows. So I got my eye on him. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the plan uh, for, for this uh, podcast was for Will and I to uh, record for an hour and, and actually record two half hour podcasts. And what we did instead was <laughs> talk for 90 minutes and record maybe 50 minutes of it. And we only did one topic. So, right. Sorry. No, I'm, you, you know, uh, so anyway, I'm not sure what we're going to do next, but uh, what we're going to do with this is we're going to post this uh, once I get it ready, uh, assuming anything recorded. I hope it did. <laughs> uh, and before I get it posted, there will be a post up on Game Day on Rocky Top allowing you to do your uh, stock allocation like Will and I just did. Uh, so if you're listening, listening to this in the car through, uh, automatic, uh, feed or something, um, when you get to your office or your home, um, log in and tell us how you're going to allocate your money. It's all hypothetical money, but it's, you know, it's, it's good. You can spend it on these teams. So, so go crazy. Um, and if anybody actually keeps any Vanderbilt stock, uh, you will hear directly from Will. So, yeah. Right. Um, just, we beat those guys once and I'm like, oh, they're done. They're, they're, you know, Kentucky's still good and Missouri maybe has a good new coach, whatever, but Vanderbilt, no, back to being Vanderbilt in my brain. I think that's what happened. You know, James Franklin, man, that guy was good. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Penn State on my list of who would you love to see in a bowl game? Like I, my, my old petulant list of like, here are some people we owe. James Franklin, definitely on that list. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't Penn he, State in general on that list, too. Wasn't his secret at Vanderbilt playing dodgeball or something? What was that? Yes, yeah, yeah. In the uh, the summer camp uh, year one, yeah, they brought out dodgeball and all that stuff in the summer. I think that was in the Idiot Optimist story that year of, like, <laughs> there's no way this guy this guy's good at playing dodgeball. That doesn't mean anything. Um it might have been onto something there, James Franklin. All right. So uh, everything we were talking about, this whole Stockwatch stuff, um, this is all in the magazine. Uh, it's our annual preseason college football magazine. It's called Game Day on Rocky Top. Uh, you can pre-order it now at gamedayonrockytop.com or uh, hatguyssports.com. If you are a Georgia fan, we have a Georgia version of the magazine too. Um, the, the way these things are different, they are, uh, more of your favorite team and no ads. They have zero ads in them. Um, so it's like 112 pages on the inside. I think, um, the back half, uh, the back 64 pages are sec, uh, teams. So it's, it's previews of sec of Tennessee opponents. Um, 
And then it's got all your lists, like the stock watch that we were talking about tonight. It's got uh, power rankings. It's got a top 25 back there nationally. Um, it's got unit rankings, which I'm hoping uh, that we're able to talk about. Um, and then the front half is, I think, 48 pages of just Tennessee. It's all Tennessee, in-depth previews of every unit. And, uh, and then some feature stories. It's got in-depth uh, recruiting capsules, um, a bunch of great stuff up there. And again, zero ads. And then the Georgia version uh, has the same SEC back half, but the front 48 pages are all about Georgia. Uh, so if you're interested, again, go to hackguysports.com and you can buy either one of those or you can get uh, Game Day and Rocky Top at gamedayonrockytop.com. Uh, or Game Day Classic City at GameDayClassicCity.com. Um, so, Will, do you have anything else you want to say before we uh, before we log off? No, I, I, I enjoyed doing this. It's been nice uh, in the last however many weeks to to talk about football as if it is a thing that's going to happen. Uh, okay. So that's um, you know that that uh, continues to be a good thing for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder how, how much excitement there's going to be since they did the takeaway. You know, there was, a, there was a moment in time or a period in time that we thought we weren't going to have football at all. And uh, now it looks like we're going to have it. So, yeah, bring it. Let's do it. All right, so uh, for Will Shelton, I'm Joel Hollingsworth, and this has been the Game Day on Rocky Top podcast. Thanks for listening.